And welcome back to Hey on Drag Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter. That is at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPON. You can also follow us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFPOD for all the latest Eintracht news and information, all in the English language in one convenient location. We have some contests from time to time, and we're going to be announcing that uh, not on this week's episode. Uh, we are getting a care package uh, from the motherland uh, to be able to distribute out to you lovely listeners of ours. So, uh, yeah, you can always get in contact with the show also via email. That is heyitrickfrankford at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I don't like to do this podcast alone, though I have done it on a few times. And uh, this week I go to the north. Well, north of KC, that is, to uh, what should be at least a little bit chillier than normal. Uh, Michigan the Motor City, where Chris is uh, waiting to talk about all things Eintracht Frankfurt. Chris, how are things? And uh, how many beer? Hopefully, you have more beers to drink. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it, it is not chilly here. It was in the 80s and sunny for the last few days. So, screw you. For the real? October rains are coming, but at the moment, the grass is green, the trees are orange and red, and every shade of Beautiful fall colors has hit our awesome state. So. so basically, get in a boat, and if you want to have cooler weathers, get in a boat, go up north to the UP, and just veg out on the the foliage. Yes? Yes. Yes, absolutely. 10 out of 10. <laughs> you know, there's a, one of these days, we're going to have to take a boat, you know, from one of the Great Lakes, just go through all of them all the way to Buffalo, then go through the Erie Canal. Then we can go right through the Erie Canal to the Hudson River and go south to New York City, where our other guest is, and he will probably uh, introduce us to the most expensive beer in town. That is Matt in New York. How's it going, buddy? Good. I mean, if you guys are open to pay $14 for a Bud Light, then you guys are in the right space (laughs) to come to New York City. (laughs) But good to be back. I missed the last two episodes. I missed, of course, the two episodes I don't show up. The freaking Frankfurt boys end up winning. So maybe I'm the bad luck. I think you're the problem. I think I am the problem. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. <laughs> Indeed, we will. But hey, you know what? There has been action going on. So uh, players have been on international duty. Um, some people have been uh, doing well. Some other people, not so much. Austria has kind of shit themselves. Uh, you know, Hinty seems to be playing the full 90 for every single match that he plays for Austria. Ilsenker is doing practically the same amount of uh, action. You have, of course, uh, Hrustic, uh scoring a worldie uh, for Australia. You know, good on him. Matt, you love this guy. Um, it seems more than almost any other player on this roster, and him scoring a worldie against Japan, which was I thought was quite hilarious, considering the fact that on the other side uh, <laughs> was his teammate <laughs> Kamada, just kind of watching, and he had to been thinking, "You son of a bitch!" Oh well. <laughs> I mean, a they lot, come a lot and of they that, go. They yeah. come and they go. 
it's a it, look. International form is fleeting, but you know, I'm I'm glad that some of the guys got some international action. I am a little saddened to say uh, that uh, in Morocco's recent match, so that was on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm in Barcock. Uh, now, I would say he's been more uh, of a kind of reserve player when it did come to the first team, but uh, in their victory over Guinea, uh, the same uh, Guinea that had uh, the kind of, in you know, coup happen and everything, which had been scary as shit, uh, just saying. That's <laughs> um, a... Uh, it's, it's quite an interesting uh, time for the iTrack players uh, as, you know, every, we're coming back from an international break. We had a win over, you know, big, bad Bayern. And the question of the the question for me really is, what are we going to do going forward? Because, you know, when you come, when you have these big wins... And then you go on international duty. You just kind of wonder uh, where the team's going to be at when uh, you kind of return to form. So I guess here's the question, boys. Um, is the flow still going to be rocking and rolling, or is the flow going to be kind of discombobulated a little bit? Well, I'm going to retract my statement from before the international break that I wanted everything consolidated. That was the most poorly timed international break that FIFA has ever scheduled. Uh, <laughs> they should have known we were going to have a, we were going to have a win that transcend every, every, you know, um, every part of our club from top to bottom that changed the outlook on everything. And mm-hmm. then that break happens and I'm still kind of floating on cloud nine right now, but reality might punch us in the face because I think, that was a good thing. And while we had some guys play well uh, during the break, the, like you mentioned, that Rustich goal, he, he doesn't score often, but when he does, he makes it look nice. Um, bangers. Indeed. They're straight bangers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or or like a step back, Steph Curry, you know, like the one he scored last year, just kind of a floater over the top. But, you know, there's something about coming off those breaks we don't really have a pattern of playing well off the break or struggling off the break. It seems like from one to the next, we play well or then we play poorly. I don't really know how to read this one, but I have some concerns, obviously, with the depth now. Um, with the, the Barcock injury, not that we had a lot of depth before, now we're just more thin. Um, but I, my confidence is still high. Well, it's only thin and thinner. Uh, in my eyes, and it's kind of a weird situation. I'll also admit that uh, whilst Australia, uh, their only goal against Japan was Hrustik, uh, Japan ended up getting back in the three points, and yet it's Australia who looks like they're going to be advancing to uh, at least when it comes to qualifying for the World Cup and everything. I mean, it. I've still we've still not really discussed it on this podcast whether we're you know how angry we're going to be when it comes to interrupting the, I mean, we're talking about interrupting the, these international breaks, interrupting, you know, the Bundesliga season. How are we going to be in? Well, we may still get used to it because of the World Cup. It's going to, we're going to be like pummeled in like Thanksgiving time, Christmas time uh, for us Americans. Uh, 
though some other weirdos uh, celebrate. No, no, no. I'm saying that jokingly. Some other people celebrate Thanksgiving in October, but it's going to be weird Canada. when we have a like a two. We're going to have a two month break. You know. Uh, yeah, it's going to. I'm fine everything. with that. I, I don't think so. I think if anything, it just gives out more rest time for our players because let's face it, maybe three players may be on the international team, and that's counting Kevin Trapp being a third goalie of Germany mm-hmm. for um, the World Cup, but like. I can see like two or three players. Other than that, you know, our players will have rest. You know, this is like one of the rare, rare times where players get to have two, straight up two months of rest. You know, I mean, it, it's going to be a weird two years. You know, I mean, it's going to be definitely going to be interesting how um, teams are going to let their players go um, out internationally. But I don't okay. think, I, I, th- I think it's a great thing. I think, you know, more, a little bit more rest. We can fly back over to Dubai. It will come like um, end of December. Um, and then, you know, but going back to your previous uh, previous question, whether if we can bring this momentum over to the next game, I think so. Because, um, you know, we've been in this situation here before where we literally were tied, I think, like four or five teams um, back-to-back. And then we ended up having a international break in between. And then we ended up beating um, Augsburg, I think, two to nothing or so last year after literally tying, like, Dortmund. Uh, Berlin, Leipzig. I'm, I think the one team we lost to was like Wolfsburg or something like that. And that was all after we lost to Bayern 5 nothing. Need I remind you? Um, <laughs> but so long story short, I think I think we're going to bounce back against Bobic, you know, and I think it's going to be a little bit personal with, you know, Bobic being back, quote-unquote, home. I don't know if he can call it home anymore since he never really recognized it at his home. He is not allowed to call it Who that. am I to judge? Exactly. So, um... I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll, too. Um, there was some action uh, over the weekend. Uh, so that was uh, the Frauen uh, back in action. So they got Bayern next. Well, kind of, I mean, I guess we can just kind of move the Frauen corner to pre hashtag what are we drinking? Because um, this kind of brings up uh, something that I've been thinking on for the Eintracht going forward as this club is developing into what we think they should be, which is uh, upholding the traditions that Erste FC Frankfurt did uh, for the women's game within Germany, you know, being a major player, uh, winning titles, uh, participating in Europe, winning Europe, um, is the, I mean, are we, uh, as the team is developing, uh, are they playing the right system? Are, is the right guy even in charge of the club. I mean, hey, currently as we sit, five matches in. Uh, Leverkusen is in third place. The qualification uh, spot for the Champions League, uh, as the Champions League for uh, has been expanded to uh, have three teams from uh, the Bundesliga uh, going in. Eintracht just behind on goal difference. And then the one match uh, that is a blemish on the season was a loss to Hoffenheim. Really tough one at that, which we labeled as one to really kind of monitor. Next up is big, bad Bayern who have scored 24, conceded one, and are flawless. Five wins from five on the season. Um, is this team playing the right way to allow them to develop into that top three finish of a team or, you know, even, uh, you know, 
challenging for the title? Like, is this team set up in a way that will allow them to progress? I mean, uh, I mean, we're, we don't usually talk about uh, Nico Ar- Arnatis uh, too often on this podcast, as we've kind of been taking a more let's wait and see and let's celebrate what we can. Um, is he the right guy to be taking the team forward? I, I mean, are we seeing enough uh, of just overall player development? And is the team just set up correctly? Uh, Chris, I'll kind of let you kind of uh, chew on this one. I, I kind of think it's interesting that you bring up Nico because he's not somebody that gets talked about a lot because of the fact we were in a transitional season last year. We're a very young team. Um, but then coming into this year, expectations go up a little bit. You want to be consistent where you were good and make improvements in areas you were bad. And, you know, thanks to the DFL, I haven't seen all five league matches. I should have seen, uh, but I did see this last one, and I had intended to come into this episode praising Nico's uh, decision-making. I think we've seen a growth uh, in consistent play. Even though, for those that didn't see this last match against uh, uh, Essen, it was a lot of back and forth. It wasn't as we weren't as good as against them last weekend as we were last season uh, in back to back identical three one victories. But they played well. the The people that are supposed to perform well uh, did it. Prashnakar, uh, she like. She's got this ability to use her body and post up kind of like a like a center in basketball. And then she just kind of distributes the ball from this post-up position. And having that kind of awareness in the offensive end allows talented players to move into space. That's how Frygang scored her goal uh, front of the podcast. She scored the first goal this <laughs> week on a nice header that nobody could miss from there. But the setup that led up to it was just perfect. And while the match was back and forth, the defense could have been a little bit better. Uh, Fromes had her her version of a Kevin Trapp versus Bayern. She mm-hmm. was phenomenal standing on her head. She didn't face like 20 shots like, like Kevin Trapp did. Um, but for a match that was more back and forth than expected, I thought she did everything she needed to do. So I think where it, what it comes down to is players that we don't really have a system um, that I've seen so far, but we have players that are filling roles uh, that play to their strengths. And because I haven't seen enough matches from end to end to, to see a, a formational um, adjustment, I'll say that players like uh, Shakira Martinez, who who set up the second goal, it was an own goal, um, but her strong play, really just set up this this opportunity where they were outnumbered two offensive players three defensive and they pulled a goal out of it because she put the ball into play if it got through frog game finishes otherwise you know we we capitalized on the own goal i don't question uh, nico's ability on the direction only because last year i thought we were good finishing mid table with all the transition in place uh and this year through five matches, we're sitting fourth on 12 points through five matches uh, for any club is a good thing. 
Totally. Uh, I can concur that uh, Price in the Car is, to me, becoming more and more of kind of that focal point of the attack that you're able to just bounce stuff off of. I think defensively, without Fromm's, I mean, this team would be a totally different sort of team. Uh, going forward, I'd like to hope that um, we're able to, I don't know, kind of, I'd like us to be able to change things up a bit, allow ourselves to go up uh, against a Bayern and be able to eventually go toe-to-toe with them. So, you know, uh, with the way that the team went out with its 4-4-2, I'd like to hope that uh, eventually we'll be able to kind of move on from uh, being that team that uh, is on the top half but uh, not qualifying for Europe. But, hey, you know what? Uh, Time will only tell. Uh, We're only five matches in. And, hey, perhaps the girls pull something out and we get a draw against Byron. Look, uh, if it was a regular season match when we played them in the Pokal, guess what? We were able to hold our own against Wolfsburg, and they are a really good uh, Frauen side. So, uh, and shout out to Laura Flagging for scoring three goals in three games. So, yeah, that's always good. That, that she's on a heater. She's getting on a heater. She does that. She did it twice last year where she had crazy strings of, of goal scoring. Uh, the problem was in the middle where she just kind of fell asleep. But um, you know, going back to to another club that or another uh, men's side that wears the same crest, they will play up to their opponents or down. Uh, but if you're sitting at fourth in the table, you hope that the ability to play up is stronger than the tendency to play down. And the development year over year should mean that we're going to play better against the top competition this year. And that's going to be tested in the coming weeks. Yep. And uh, should look no further than the shutdown. Leah Schuller, um, a lady who is leading the goal scoring tally for the Frauen Bundesliga and has a whopping six uh, goals from her five matches played. Uh, one of the more featured strikers when it does come to the German national team for the Frauen. Uh, one can only assume that when it does come time in 2023 that. Uh, Fragang and Chua will be key members of that Germany team who will try to wrest away the world title from the United States of America and, uh, you know, go toe-to-toe with uh, one of the co-hosts in Australia. should be an interesting one when that comes around. Kind of wanted to talk about uh, a story that has been just bubbling underneath the surface. Blanco. He's been talking about how he has not the 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 promises made by the previous administration. He's seen absolutely nothing coming through. Now, the kids got to, re- in my opinion, the kids got to realize that hey, things are a little different under the new administration. But I also have to kind of wonder that you know, is the club currently set up with a top to bottom? Uh, structure that will allow the club to succeed. We really have not seen an, a youth player from the U19s come through as a even moderately consistent player since Barcock first broke through under the Niko Kovac era of Eintracht. Um, 
Are we currently set up in a way that we're going to be able to kind of bring people through? Because our track record is absolutely shit the last decade. Well, it just doesn't, it's just not helpful right now that we have so many injuries and so many people just not eligible. You know, it doesn't help that Eunice was being a crybaby at first. It doesn't help that Hasib is injured, Roda, Dorm. Who else am I missing? Lentz, Zendika, and maybe Martin Hinteriga on the coming days. Amali Tori's made out of glass. So, I, I'm, the kid's 17, man. Like, I understand his frustrations. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> We've already done some little bit of shady shit with um, Kostic, you know, so I wouldn't put it past us, you know, saying some stuff to Fabio Blanco, not, you know, following through with it. But with the, besides the matter, you know, he's a 17-year-old kid. He needs to wait for his chance. And the way our team's injured injury report is right now, you know, that chance could be coming fairly soon. You know, he may be even getting a couple minutes against Olympiacos, you know, because, you know, I think we're a little bit more focused on the Bundesliga than the Europa League. Um if um, if I'm going to be completely honest, you know, but you know, we also have games against because after Hetta, we still play, well, obviously Olympiacos, then Bochum, which you know we need a win. So you know, we have a lot of games coming up these next three, this next week and a half. So um, we he just needs to calm down. And you, the, <laughs> what kind of sucks about it too is like you know, there's interests from Barcelona and like these other big name clubs into him, and I'm just like. I uh, like kid. The kid needs to relax, and I think he's just seeing all the news like Barcelona surrounding his name, where he's like, "Holy crap! Why am I not playing more at this, you know, Bundesliga club that's not Bayern and that's not Dortmund?" So, I think he just needs to chill. It's literally been like eight games. Like we need to relax here. I don't. As the older, as the older guy of the podcast, Chris, I think uh, you need to definitely weigh in as you are yourself a father. I uh, appreciate the older part that comes with respect, right, guys? Yes. <laughs> so let me just put it this way. I agree with Matt that dude has to chill. But at the same time, I do have concerns about the way that our new administration is handling player issues or player concerns about their own careers. Because in this last window, we had the Jonas debacle. He's not even with us right now. Uh, Kostic was a botch situation. It doesn't matter who is a problem. You can't have your players being upset at you or they're not going to work hard for you. Kostic is a rare example of a guy whose work ethic outpaces um, his desire to look good. And that, you know, that's rare with footballers that are well-paid, well-compensated for their work. A lot of them care more about their personal brand than the club that they're signed to. And um, Kostic kind of bucks that trend. But with Blanco here, he's young. And he should, you're right, he needs to fall in line a little bit and just wait his turn. But at the same time, look at how much we fed him. He was on social media for weeks after that signing. The future, the next young guy. Frankfurt pulled a coup by getting him over these other top clubs. So for me we kind of brought it on ourselves by saying you're going to be a centerpiece of the future, but go sit down on the bench for a while and keep your mouth shut. To me, you can't do that. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like as a 17 year old, how much, how much expectations was Fabio really like expecting? You know, did he really think he was, you know, be an absolute star? Like, yes, he came from a decent La Liga club now of Valencia. Like, 
then why do we feed his ego like that if if you know you know you you got a young talent and i know the goal of the social media crew and is to generate interest right so we're gonna say yes we beat out barcelona or whoever the hell was in the running but at the same time you know if he's showing what he can do in training if he if they've seen behind closed doors what is there and they're that high on him i think he'll get his chance so i do agree with you that hey um you'll get your chance because like you said we got everybody seem to be made of glass right now and we have a lot of important matches coming up there could be an opportunity there but we have to keep in mind he's 17 so don't dangle a carrot in front of him if you're not going to let him have a taste of it (laughs) i love that I agree with you on that one, though. I mean, that's all That's all about the marketing, though, you know, because marketing also adds to, like, a player's value, especially if it's, like, a young kid. Like, the fact that Barcelona is interested in him just adds a little bit more value to his, you know, potential uh, value when we sell him eventually, you know? So I look um, at it, though, I, think that, I look at it as far as what will it, how will it impact our ability to sign young prospects in the future? If they see a, a kid of his talent who's, you know, supposedly the next coming, um, what what happens when the next one comes along and say, oh, well, look how they mishandled Blanco in his situation. I don't want anything to do with Frankfurt. That's what worries me. I think I think the Bundesliga, just being in the Bundesliga league itself, kind of covers that for us, you know. And, you know, having a great fan atmosphere, you know, having one of the best fans in the world, sorry, the best fans in the world. Um, and you know, like just having a great atmosphere. And I, I think just the being in a Bundesliga itself will just attract, you know, young talent from various leagues, you know, because at least they'll get some playing time in a top tier league. So he's also um, not our only young signing with a lot of promise. Look at Ali Achman at the other side of things. Uh, when he, came to us from turkey they kind of put the same thing on him this guy's the future he's a youtube sensation and we sent him right out on loan he's taking the other approach where he said hey i'm disappointed by it but i'm going to do what i have to do to show them that i'm the right guy to be the future so there's two but, ways to yeah. handle it I, I like i said I, I completely agree with you but i think it's just the you know the nature of having a young kid come to your club you know like why didn't we make a big noise when we signed our youth players and Martin Pekka and Gianlaco uh, Schaefer. You know, they're both wingers that we could possibly need in the future, you know? Like, they made a lot of hype on Lindstrom. Like, he's he's young. He's 21. I don't know if that's considered young anymore in the soccer world. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with Ali Akwan, you know, I remember, like, when we were so close to, like, signing him, it was, like, weeks and weeks of just, like, his, his, like, his hand is on, like, on the pen, like, Black is on white almost, like just literally seeing all this. And then maybe like within two weeks or so, we loan him out. And it's just like, what was the point of all that hype? But then also, again, I think it's also, you know, adding value to the players that I mentioned before, because, you know, it's a young buck, you know, you want to add a lot more hype to him. You want to add a little bit more value. We struggle is, as an organization say- to develop our youth. We don't have a system in place where we're not a factory for developing youth talent. So the younger we bring people in, we we just have to loan them out because we're not developing young guys internally like other clubs are. Agreed. Um, I look at 
uh, Aquan as a good Aquan is a really good example. Uh, but hey, you know what? He's he's not. We're not just letting him rot on the bench or anything. He's actually getting good, genuine minutes uh, playing in the Eredivisie, and he's going to come back, and it's going to be like. Hey, um, so how are you going to fit him in the team? Because, look, if we then say, oh, we need to loan him out, then that kind of screams, oh, we're kind of giving up on you. Like Rodrigo Zalazar going to Schalke. Look, he's, whilst still in the second division, Schalke is way, way different of a place than a, a St. Pauli. And, you know, while he was really one of the better players for that St. Pauli team, a team that kind of, uh, got close to a relegation fight and go figure that they're now uh, leading uh, second division kind of at, uh, <laughs> at this present time, which is kind of crazy. Um, I do look at Zalazar and Ackerman as these guys are taking their chances. They're going to with both hands. They're uh, going out there to prove a point and earn themselves a spot within the rosters. I think, Honestly, for Zalazar, he probably is thinking to himself, you know what? Really tear it up with Schalke. Uh, Schalke doesn't get promoted, so Schalke doesn't have the money to buy. So he goes back to us at Eintracht, and we find him a spot to allow him to succeed. And then, he, then as him being uh, Uruguayan, he, that might be his pathway uh, to the Uruguayan national team. Uh, talking about World Cups and the like. Uh, for Akman, I mean, he just needs game time. Like, he went from a Turkish second division team to us because the Turkish team just got pissy and was like, you know, screw you. We're tearing up your contract. Done. Um, the Udavese is a place where uh, players can develop and become phenomenal players. A certain uh, player at Ajax, formerly of Eintracht, is a good example. Uh, can anyone guess at who I am referencing? Sebastian Haller. Exactly. Uh, he's only bagged, what, like th- uh, three, four goals in Europa League play, and he's uh, second in the goal tally <laughs> with five league goals so far this season. Uh, excuse me, five goals so far in Europe and five goals in the Eredivisie, a not too shabby goal tally, which goes to prove that Champions League. Yeah. In the Champions League, kicking ass, taking names. Look, he's in a good league where he will be able to flourish at a team that well, they're kinda not exactly a wealthy the when you think of Eredivisie teams that have money, you only think of what? Three Four teams, maybe five. You think of the main three. And he's getting the his chance. He's proving that he's a talented player. And we have seen previously that uh, players who do well in the Eredivisie, then who come to Eintracht, will then get their chance with Eintracht. Uh, I honestly think that uh, uh, Ragnar Ache would have gotten more of a shot if he won't break down so blasted much. But, you know, <sighs> it does come to lend one to think that maybe we just need a better medical department. 
I was just thinking the same thing. We need to start investigating into that because something is going on this year. And maybe it's just because we've, you know, struck bad luck, but something's not right here. I think it's going around Europe, though, with condensed schedules and nobody's in the routine they've been accustomed to in previous years. There's a lot more injuries. There's a lot of guys that are out of shape. And I think things will come around eventually. But between the pause at the beginning of 2020 and after this World Cup next year, it's going to be three full years of just chaos. Well, doesn't everyone just love chaos? Anyways, uh, that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey, I Track Frankfurt. We're going back to hashtag what are we drinking to break things up. Chris, you love bringing something new onto the podcast, or at least something every week. So what do you got? Well, I was labeled earlier in this episode as being the old man here. So I'll let the listenership <laughs> know that uh, I have embraced one thing of, of the generation below me here. I am a pumpkin spice guru. I like everything pumpkin spice. I celebrate it year round. But I brought it to hashtag what are we drinking tonight uh, from the St. Louis region, uh, home of the great Nathan um, from O'Fallon Brewing, Jacko Latte. It's a pumpkin coffee milk stout, not overly pumpkin. It's a milk stout first with a pumpkin spice added. And uh, as the kids say, it is bussin'. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, you know. Just 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 be uh, just be happy that you have it available because uh, I drove past that faster than you could even think uh, going along I-70 and didn't give him any even second thought. So perhaps next time uh, I will pause for effect and uh, have one or two uh, beers on a tour because, you know, take a look around at Budweiser, which was a little bit of a different uh, beast as opposed to the kind of beers that we usually are sampling on here, what kind of tour you would get there. Uh, yeah, Matt, <laughs> uh, save, save me from myself and uh, me going off on a tangent in a different direction. Well, guys, I'm drinking a very illustrious Coors Light here. There we go. Um, but it's a $20 Coors Light. It's a $20 Coors Light, the best Coors Light. Exactly. It's a New York City kind of Coors Light. Not in the mountains are blue. The skyscrapers are blue. <laughs> Uh, how how much does a six pack cost? I'm scared. Of uh, I mean, I literally paid from the bodega store across the street from me a six pack and a twelve pack mm-hmm. for about forty two dollars, and I think the twelve pack was a Pacifico, and the six pack was a Michelob Ultra Gold, and I paid forty two dollars for it. Oof. You yeah. can't even find like an 18 rack around here, and it's impossible to find a 30 rack around here. So you literally got to buy in like six packs or 12 packs. It's the biggest scam in the world. You need a Costco membership, boy. <laughs> There's no Costco here. Where am I going to go to a Costco? Queens. Do you think we have Walmart in the city? No, I'm not traveling to Queens. <laughs> I'm Vegas <laughs> all day. Oh, golly, I opened up a can there. I I, I, I touched a nerve. 
<laughs> you tend it's, to do it's that. Nothing, not, not nothing against Queens. I just have no desire to travel down there. Brooklyn, okay, maybe, but it's just I'm literally dead center of Manhattan. I just I can't go north or south. There you go. There you go. Um, I'm having uh, the last can of my Sierra Nevada uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, kind of brought it on here before. Does the job. I always have a great appreciation for Sierra Nevada. They always pump out a lot of really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I sh- will be having a few more Oktoberfest-style uh, beers in the the near-term future. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. We'll be back in a second with segment two, uh, where we're going to look at Eintracht versus Hertha. So stay with. Back talking Eintracht and Hertha Berlin match that we have been really excited for because we thought, oh my god, we just beat Bayern. We were on such a rush, such a high. You would have thought we had, you know, scored an opening day hat trick in front of a full barn of fans, to use, you know, hockey references, uh, if anyone caught that. <laughs> and then we have the international break. So here we are. We're facing off against Hertha Berlin, a team one spot below us in the standings. Uh, a team who's had quite a different uh, sort of a time of it uh, so far this season. The wins that they have had have been against Bochum and against Greuther Firth. Other matches that they have had have been uh, losses to Fra- uh, at home to Freiburg, uh, losses away to Leipzig, uh, loss, uh, at home to Wolfsburg, a loss to Bayern, but you know, that can happen when you go to, to Munich. This is a team that we're gonna have more fans in the stands. Awesome. Um, huge so, news, huge, huge, huge news. deal. But I am kind of wondering, I'm staring at this and I'm like. I rattled off who they've beaten. Those are the two teams that we face in the upcoming weeks. And those are the, what everyone said would be the cellar dwellers. Uh, that is not, Hertha does not, Hertha does not make me feel as worried as I usually would be uh, playing against Hertha because you would think, hey, you know what? This is Hertha Berlin. They have a guy who's been there for ages in Paladardai in his uh, third 
no, excuse me, second stint at the club. Uh, I guess this will be like four season, uh, four his fourth full season that he will be taking part in after he saved them uh, the previous year. I mean, usually you would expect from a guy who played defensive midfield and kind of made uh, Hertha Wall successful during his first tenure. Uh, kind of, he kind of made them very boring to watch, uh, but you know they were at least sound as a team. Uh, that has not happened uh, under him this season. They have looked like ass. They have just conceded goals left and right. Um, their goals against is twenty. They have scored the same amount of goals as us, but they have conceded twice as many goals. As dying tract, and that is something that we've talked about that has been a bright spot. Uh, and really, if you take away that uh, Dortmund match, only five conceded so far of the rest of the matches, and you also played Munich during that time. Um, yeah, but sure. our offense doesn't really complement that because we've only scored eight goals. We don't really we, ha- we we don't have that final third, you know. But That's our defensive record our has kept worries. us in it too. You know exactly. It, it, that's something that hurts. Even though we're equal on goals scored, their defense hasn't stopped anybody. They're no, allowing almost three goals a game. And we've only had one cl- or two clean sheets so far, if you count Antwerp, but it's them and um, Augsburg. So, and that was a zero-zero draw with you know way too much excitement in that game. Like they oh conceded goals too for in Bochum in the in their two wins of which accumulated for five of their eight goals scored in this season. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting. I mean I mean Hatta is is always like one of those weird teams where I never feel comfortable like it's literally coin toss between us and them. Um obviously we've had the higher foot on them. I think the last time they beat us was in like 2018 or something like that. It was at at, at the um then Comatsbank Arena. Um but other than that, you know, we've been on top of them since. But like you mentioned, you know, they just got thrashed by um, Leipzig. They lost to Freiburg, who's still undefeated in the league. Barely beat Kreuzerführer two to one, and then you know beat Bochum three to one, and then got again smashed by Bayern. Holy crap, their defensive woes are bad. But either way, you know, we still have to worry about ourselves because we still don't have that offensive, you know. Spark. Our only spark is Kostic right now, you know? And if Kostic can somehow, like, get Bore involved or Kostic or Sam Lammers. I mean, Lammers is definitely starting to warm up a little bit. Bore seems like he's warming up a lot more, but I think Will Bore be keeps... back? I, there was mm, talk of whether he would be back from due to quarantine issues coming back from South America. I haven't heard anything. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I don't know. They, I mean, I don't know. It seems like every single quarantine. Well, uh, let's see. Rules change uh, I mean, week, so. but the thing is, I I don't think he's going to be. If he plays, he's going to probably be coming off the bench because so he'll be coming uh, back from Colombia directly uh, as they'll be hosting Ecuador. But guys, as we record on the thirteenth, and we had watched uh, the U.S. men's national team come away with its victory in the World Cup qualifying. Uh, Ball's next round of qualifying, next round of matches is Thursday. Thursday. That's now, yeah, that's absolute bananas. It's like, look, we get that you're kind of trying to spread it out because, goodness, you uh, 
in case anyone has not seen a map, South America is not a small uh, continent. That's Europe. <laughs> uh, nothing against that, but, you know, it, he, he's he been a part of, you know, each of their ma- uh, last two matches. You know, their nil-nil draw with uh, Brazil on freaking uh, Thursday, uh, excuse me, Sunday. Then they had their nil-nil draw with Uruguay. You know, he was in, he was in both of those matches uh, playing... Uh, he played the sec. He came on the second half sub against Brazil and uh, played the first half and got subbed off uh, 13 minutes into the second half um, in their uh, away draw to with Uruguay. Um, I, he should he shouldn't have an issue because uh, last time I checked, the Uruguay is not on the red list uh, for European countries because you know. Uh, that's what happens when you actually have a moderate organization uh, when it comes to uh, medical facilities uh, in a country. And so he should be able to, if they want to play him, he should be able to slot right in. That jet I don't lag think there is going to be a, a, he, yeah, jet lag's be a problem. Bitch. Yeah. Uh, there uh, goes the expletive tag. And you also if have, I to, play him. You have to consider, you know, he, he'll probably be on the bench if he's there and able to play, but that's a situation where it would be nice to have Barcock, but uh, he was on social media this morning on crutches, so yeah. I don't know if that's precautionary or what, but I've not been able to see anything of his match uh, between Morocco and Guinea, though credit to them, uh, Morocco on progressing to the next round of World Cup qualifying in Africa, so he might be playing in uh, Qatar 2022. But yeah, being subbed off in the 14th minute, uh, that is not a good sign, <laughs> uh, to say the least. So it kind of leads us thin, and it almost is a question of, Oh, for fuck's sake, are we really going to have to put Blanco on the freaking bench just to give us with a wide option? Because the other option would be Eunice. And are we really ready to offer him his way back in? I don't know. Well, against Peter Hauger, don't forget about JPH. Yeah, yeah but I would but almost put him on as a starter. I don't like Pescencia played on the wing. Look, he's... Not as nimble as most people would like to think, and I prefer him just as that. What he is, it, he's a big frame that you can put in a striker's area that can present you with yeah. different options as opposed to. But we um, wouldn't have to put or, him out on the wing because then we'd have we have Kostic and Lundstrom out wide, and then we'll put Pacienza yeah. in the front. You know, Bore was mm-hmm. playing striker against Bayern. You know, so I mean. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting how we're going to line up here because when we lined up against, I want to say against Antwerp, we lined up in a uh, four or sorry, a three, four, one, two or something like that. Where we had Lamas and Bore up top, we had Hustich right underneath them as the ten, and then Jakic and So bullying the midfield with uh, Kostic and Chandler. Holy throwback um, on the <laughs> wing, you know. So it's it's we've. The lineup has been very consistent. If I were to guess on how we were going to line up um, against Hetta, probably something like similar, kind of like with Köln, where we played a four-two-three-one um, with um, well, I don't even know who our center backs are going to be because Hinty's you know hurting, but he's going to have to play. I don't know what Torres' situation is, and I don't know um, if Lentz is going is back yet, or, or was it Durham who just dyed their hair blonde? Durham dyed his hair like an idiot. 
So Dorm. So Dorm is uh, <laughs> going to be um, back. Oh, I'm not holding Mar- uh, Marshall Mathers. Marshall Mathers is back on our left back. So that's our three back. And then, you know, So and Yakich obviously in the middle. And then put JPH, Kustic, and Kostic at wide. And then put Salamers up top. I think we're going to see uh, – it's, it's kind of going to – I don't know. You have to look at who didn't travel. Who is available because they were home, they were training, they were comfortable. Lammers. Lammers. You know, Chandler is going to be in Chandler. that starting lineup for the third match in a row. Paciencia uh, yeah. would be yeah. probably one of your first guys off the bench, if not, you know, a starter. Lindstrom wasn't called up by Denmark, uh, unlike Peter Haug. Um I mean, I don't know what his situation is going to be with this current Norway attack because they just played yesterday or today, I feel like. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that is weird or anything. But it's a much Hurstic shorter than Travis. Yeah, Hrustich will have been traveling. Kamada was traveling. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real kick in the teeth. When you love Should we just bring it up the U23? See, what that, see how that works? <laughs> Well, come on, kids, have a day. Welcome home. <laughs> Talk to the uh, home office about that one. Do I'll make sure I'll call Peter Fisher to give him a word for us. That's right. Exactly, and Yazik, you know, he made his debut for for Croatia, so that is one that we will be. That is one that we will be uh, wanting to look out for. So was playing for Switzerland. Um, there's not many guys who like. There's not many guys who stayed home and will be fresh. Uh, you got Hasebe, you got Lemmers, you got Tuta, you got Chandler, you got look, Trap. We're, we're not it. the only team that had to deal with it too. I haven't looked sure. player by player, but I'm sure Herta had their fair share of guys traveling as well. So you know, if our if we're tired and they're tired, hopefully our guys are a little less tired. And hey, look, you know what? We'll be able to welcome back uh, if he plays um, KPB, oh. Kevin Prince Boateng. Oh, whoa! Explain. He's on Hertha. Say what? <laughs> oh my yeah, god I'm looking he, at transfer market right I'm now I'm looking up this right now no yep. he, he's not lying <laughs> <laughs> I had not gone that deep on the on the research and he's played five games holy crap not that that what? has helped. well I wish yep. him the best <sighs> that's so funny because that's where he started too in his career wow mm-hmm. yep. Yep, it's, wow, uh, holy breaking news, Brian. You just dropped a bombshell on us. <laughs> Look, it'll be lovely to see him back. Uh, it just is going to suck that it's going to be uh, playing against us. But uh, nah, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get a huge reception. Oh, oh my God. He was a really freaking huge. huge contributor. That, you know, that pass for the second goal for Rebic in the Pokal final. He was our yeah. energy guy for that whole run we'd be dead on our feet and he would find a way to jumpstart something love him love him uh yeah so we've talked a lot about uh how eintracht's probably gonna want to come out playing um why don't we just get to the predictions and uh yeah then we'll kick back 
Final X and uh, just wait with bated breath at the fact that we'll actually get to play on a Saturday for like the first time it feels like in forever. Well, <laughs> Brian, there's no such thing as kick back and relax when you watch this team. <laughs> they don't if you, afford if you you're eating edibles, that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you, eat a few edibles and you'll, you, you'll be good. I will go. I'm just going to rip the bong. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, folks, if any, if nothing else, uh, you heard it here that, hey, you know what? Whatever way works for you to be able to handle the stress of watching the Eintracht, you do you. You be your best version of you. So, that being said, I'm actually changing things around here uh, for production time. I'm going first. Ooh. I am calling that the Eintracht will come out with a 2 nothing victory because Timmy Chandler is going to come up with a headed goal. And uh, just to make uh, things more interesting, uh, Lindstrom is going to come up big. Uh, on the other wing, away from Kostic, a lot of the attention will be on him. And uh, he'll be able to sneak around and uh, pop one uh, second goal in for the Eintracht. So, yeah, 2-0 to the Eintracht. I am very optimistic against playing uh, Hertha. And, uh, yeah, laying down my marker, uh, it if people are hoping that I have betting odds and putting down money, eh, there are other things that you need to be thinking about. Though, so, uh, pretty good odds on Eintracht as opposed to even the draw. So there you go. You go, Chris. All right. So <laughs> I was I was leaning towards that two nil scoreline, um, but if Brian's there, I'm not sure I'm comfortable being there. So. I was all about it until you mentioned uh, KPB. Now, I'm still a little shocked by that. I don't know how it went over my head. But I think we're going to be in control of this one. There's nothing to show us that Hertha can stop anybody. Uh, we will have a few fresh legs, especially at the, at the top end of our lineup, even if it's not combinations we've seen too much of yet. I think we're going to get our two goals, and I get a lot of hate on Twitter. We're predicting clean sheets. So I'll just say two to one so I avoid all the hate. There you go. Bring it on, folks. Anyone who wants to hurl the shade at me, go ahead. I'm from Kansas. Uh, I'm as optimistic as they come because we're in flyover territory. What the hell else do I got to lose? You also have dry yeah. cows. Uh, yeah, a couple direct. Yeah, let's not talk about West Kansas and their <laughs> random counties that are still to this day dry. It's like freaking. It's like freaking uh, Utah in the fifties and the sixties out there. Uh, I know exactly which counties. I will not rat them out yet. Matt, go ahead. I mean, I was just gonna say, Brian, you are ludicrous thinking that we're gonna have a clean sheet at the end of this game. Um. But good call, Chris. I definitely think we're not going to have a clean sheet. I do think, though, I think the excitement from the Bayern um, game, I think having some sort of fresh leg, some fresh kind of mind on the pitch on Saturday, I think we're going to pull off our first three-goal three, uh, three goal game here, guys. Um, I think we're due. I think it's just the right time right now. Um, we are going to carry the momentum to Bayern. I don't see Hatta beating us at all just because of, you know, their previous results and whatnot, and just because we're 
going to have a lot more fans in the crowd as well. I think that's going to ignite our offensive, um, you know, woes as well. So, yeah, I think 3-1 for the Atla at this point. Boom. Hey, you heard it all here. Uh, variations of Eintracht winning. Uh, can't, you know, we think on this in this panel that we can't lose. That's going to wrap it up for this episode 190 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Chris and Matt for joining us. Uh, Matt, where can we find you on the social media landscape of the world? You can find me on Twitter at underscore Wagner A, and then you can find us on Instagram at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Boom. Chris, next up. All right. Where can we find uh, you? If you Not are commiserating a- about Lions games or Tigers Stop. games. You almost made it. Field goals. You almost uh, made it one episode without a dig. By the way, how are your Chiefs doing? Um, you know, anyway. You know, that that glossiness on that uh from that Super Bowl victory has not worn off. I I would trade Mahomes <laughs> at this point. I yeah. think he's washed up. Half billion wasted. Anyway. Yeah, um, he's worth more than the Jets, that's for sure. So uh Bundesliga that's, that's fans saying a lot. Bundesliga fans in the Detroit area. Uh we'll be meeting up at the Detroit City Clubhouse. Uh if you're in Detroit or around Detroit. Hit it up uh, on East Lafayette. We'll be watching all the Bundesliga matches there Saturday morning. Um, I am on Twitter and Discord at C in the D 313. And you can find me on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. You can find me on Bundesliga match days uh, in Kansas City at KC Beer Company in Kansas City, Missouri. And got some good beers there so if uh, you just want to hurl abuse at me if you happen to be in the area uh, you can do so while having a rather good beverage you can find uh, the podcast on twitter that is at hefpod uh, facebook.com slash hefpod is where you can find all the latest Eintracht news and information in the English language all in one convenient location and uh, yeah we will be dropping a new competition in the coming weeks as we enter European play again we're going to have a home and away uh, with Olympiacos between uh, this now nearly completed October international break and the November international break in case anyone's wondering on how the matches will then go. It is Hertha, then Olympiacos at home, then away to Bochum, then at home to Leipzig, and then uh, it is away to Olympiacos, and then away to Greuther Fürth. And uh, yeah, then we'll be on another international break, but never before. Never, this window... Definitely the time for the Eintracht to lay a marker down that we're really here to stay in the top half of the Bundesliga. Uh, we haven't reached there yet, but uh, hey, you know what? We've done so in each of the last few seasons, so why not keep that track record going? That's going to wrap it up for this episode. And uh, yeah, uh, until next episode, juice. You got Chandler. This guy's the future. He's a YouTube sensation. That's so funny because that's what he started too in his career. Wow. Hey,